bow 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 hey everybody welcome to pretty sketchy podcast uh i'm your host Corey, and with me as always is reclusive chocolate factory entrepreneur and acclaimed author michael marshman how you doing man he switched them around. What the I fuck? switched them around. I like to keep it fresh. Yeah, <laughs> now, I just honestly, I just glanced up at my notes and went and read it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Doing it properly. All right. So, um, okay. First of all, uh, if this is your first time uh, checking out our podcast, what we're doing is Michael wrote a comic book called Homoko King. I'm illustrating that comic book uh, right in front of you guys, so you can see what's going on and how it works. Um, yeah, and usually we just talk shit for an hour while I do it. So. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, first of all, I just want to uh, do that thing again where I talk about we just changed our um, YouTube channel um, and we need a bunch of subscribers to be able to use the proper URL um, with uh, Pretty Sketchy Podcast and stuff like that. So if you could do us a favor and subscribe, I hate being this guy. Always pisses me off when people ask me to subscribe, but here we are. Um, this is more about a logistical thing. So <laughs> uh, yeah, so what's going on, man? How's, how's your week been? It's totally legit, guys. We swear. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't. We don't just want your <laughs> subscriptions for anything else. I just, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. What's What's going on? Ah, uh, not much. Just fucking, you know, life. Well, you're a busy man, you know. Now you have uh, three podcasts. Oh yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, By the way, if we ever get sued, it's going to be for the dumbest reason, and it's going to be because of the the theme songs <laughs> quote, quote that you. Now, nah, but see, the thing is, I, I sing them deliberately off key around 30%, which makes it fair use and parody. So I think we're good. <laughs> um, hang on. I just need to make a little correction here. Um, so let's, let's get on to our first topic. Um, I guess, I guess some of the big news in the last couple of weeks was a launch of a couple of big games. Uh, so you've, you've been playing Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what, what's, uh, I've, I've done just to set the scene, I've done, I'm halfway through the intro um, bullshit, <laughs> so I'm, I still haven't grown up into uh, grown up alloy yet. So, um, oh, wow. what are your thoughts? Uh, solid, very solid. Yeah. Um, it. I, I've kind of put it on hold for for a while because I'm just sort of getting uh, worn down by it. Okay. In, uh, in what cause... way? It's not, it's not a slog, is it? No, no, no. Well, it's. It's an open world game, and like mm-hmm. once you get past a certain point, pretty much the whole map is, you know, fair game. Okay. If you can survive whatever the hell's out there, anyway. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, and there's like a million side quests to do, and I'm the kind of dude that has to do all the side quests before I do the next main one. Okay. Yeah. So it makes sense. Play the game as it was designed to be played. Yeah. Um. So in you're probably a lot closer to catching up to where I am story-wise than you think. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> I, I think I've done maybe like three story missions or something and the rest of the time has just been doing side quests. And since it is an open world game, it's kind of like wearing me down. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sort of like just going through it and just sort of like, okay, I'm doing this side quest, doing this side quest, and then like four more will pop up and I'm like, oh my God. So, in other words, you're spoiled for choice. There's too much content. Yeah. Did you um, ever think you'd say that about a game? <laughs> I don't know if I'd say that. I mean, there, there is a lot of... It's is, a lot of here's, uh, here's, I guess, the big question, though. Is the content valid? Like, is, it, is, it, is there enough variation between the side quests to make it worthwhile doing them? Or is it does it get a little bit samey? It does get a little bit samey. Oh, um, that's kind of disappointing. There, there, there are interactions with people and, like, some of the quests have stories, but even then the stories aren't interesting enough to warrant an actual story in the first place. Okay, like you could enough. have easily just gone, go there and kill that thing. And it really would have been the same. Okay. Fair um, enough. Yeah. Like a big contrast to that is the Witcher, mm-hmm. which I thought did it absolutely magnificently because a lot of the side quests in the Witcher had better stories than a lot of games, main quests. <laughs> Yeah, Sorry. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but see, I mean, they've got that rich lore with which to draw from, you know, um, uh, like of all of the books and stuff. Yeah, you know, they could have read all the books and just come up with ideas based on some of the ideas in there. And, you know, it's a little bit easier than just pulling out just raw ideas from a new property. 
Yeah. You know, but still, <clears throat> no excuse, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the gameplay is fun enough yep. to keep me going. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think I need to start pushing forward and just finishing it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, other than that, yeah, it's, it's a solid game. Very, very pretty. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I'm getting as well. And particularly coming from, I'm going to get into this a little bit later, but playing the Switch um, and Zelda, which there's no denying Zelda is a stunning game. But when you go from Zelda uh, to, you know, a PlayStation Pro playing Horizon Zero Dawn, you're like, ah, shit. Okay. Mm. I remember what graphics are now, <laughs> you know, which is, <laughs> which is kind of unfair because you're comparing apples and oranges. But boy, it, it really does stand out as a glamorous game you know yeah 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 um yeah but uh so so like you know i've noticed you've been taking a couple of screenshots and stuff like that here and there and um checking them out with with horizon i should say yeah (laughs) a lot of a lot of good environmental stuff um yeah i mean i think i told you like last week i was playing and i got a phone call from a friend so i just paused it yeah i just started talking to, to my mate and as I'm talking to him, I'm just looking at the TV, the pause screen. I'm like, wow, this is just fucking stunning. Yeah. <laughs> it just made me realize that you can just pause the game anywhere at any time and you've got a wallpaper for your freaking computer. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, and, and that photo was amazing, dude. Uh, like you posted on Facebook and I was like, oh, Jesus. You know? Um, yeah. It's just like what, what I couldn't get over is the lushness of the environment. Like they're really pushing the amount of um resources into uh, like a major amount of resources into just filling the environment with just plant life and and all that sort of stuff to you know yeah like the long grass when you're hiding in the long grass it genuinely looks like just thick long grass you know mm. um not just like a bunch of sprites sort of overlaid you know when you walk around to the side of them they sort of follow you <laughs> yeah <laughs> you, know, you know what i mean um but yeah like it, it's it's beautiful to look at you know um yeah, so uh, so definitely worth having a crack at. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I mean you you've been playing it on your four K TV. How do you find now that you got the pro? Mm. Um, are you noticing a, a a difference like playing something like that game that's probably well optimized for the pro on a four K screen, like compared to your previous PS four experiences? Like with me, I'm playing a pro on a an old ten eighty P TV. That's a piece of shit. So for me, <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of visual difference. Are you noticing a bump there? Uh, honestly, I, I'm, I can't really say hmm. because like if you, if you gave me a game that came out before the pro did and it suddenly got pro features, yeah, I could probably tell a difference. Yeah. But yeah. Right now. That's, I've got that's nothing. the point I, I keep making. I, I like people ask me all the time, like customers and stuff like that. Um, you know, Oh, what does it do and stuff? And I'm like, well, it, it kind of doesn't, it, it's hard to say. Like it's un, until you sort of sit down with that and a regular PlayStation playing the same game next to each other on the same TV. Yeah. You don't know, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's why yeah. I'm always a bit hesitant. you got nothing to compare it to. It's just... Yeah. I'm, I'm always a bit hesitant to wholeheartedly recommend it to just anyone who comes along. You know, you have to sort of ascertain, oh, is this guy the kind of guy who absolutely has to have the latest and greatest best quality thing on the market mm. right now? Yeah. Or is it somebody who just genuinely, you know, wants to see if it's any good, um, but they'd be pushing the limits financially? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know if it's worth it unless you really want to um, drop money on it. You know? Yeah, but um, that's again, again, I always say time will tell on that as well. Like, it's it really comes down to, um, um, you know, what what comes down the pipeline as far as games that are optimized for it and things like that. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, moving on from that, um, I guess we both saw Logan. (laughs) Oh, I think we just lost Marshman. Um, (laughs) let me see. He'll probably call back. Um, yeah, so uh, I watched Logan. (laughs) I guess I'll discuss it. Um, what a film, man. What a, what a tour de force of just action adventure you know um it's i i haven't read um i haven't read uh old man logan so i don't know how to compare it to that as far as does the storyline track similarly is there a lot of elements that uh, you know are borrowed from it um 
but I do know that what they came up with is is very much unlike any other uh, superhero film that we've seen thus far. You know, it's it's got definitely got its own flavor. It's you know, like a lot of people are like, oh well, it's it's R rated, so it's probably got a lot of Deadpool style action. I would posit that this film is actually a little bit more brutal than than Deadpool. Like the way I've been describing it to people is, it feels like um, uh, it feels like it like they've really push the limits of an R18 rating. <laughs> like just the, the violence is graphically stunning, you know, and I'm not a, a huge violence for violence. Oh, hang on. We have Martin back. Hello. Hi. Hey, hey. I, no, I was just telling everyone about like uh, <laughs> Logan and how they really packed every ounce of R18 into the, into the graphic violence <laughs> as humanly possible, <laughs> you know. Um, Funnily enough, I don't think... I, I... I feel like it was less gory than what Deadpool was. Oh, really? I was just saying the opposite. <laughs> no. Yeah. It was it was more intense, definitely, but mm-hmm. Deadpool had like intestines and shit. Yeah, like, I guess. Do you, do you know what it could be though? It could be the what would you call it? The um the impetus behind the violence. Deadpool kind of had this comic sort of levity to it. Like it was kind of slapsticky and comical, how he was slicing people to bits. Whereas yeah. Logan's doing it with pure rage. Mm. So maybe that's why, to me, it seems a little bit more graphic, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah. Oh, hang on. Oh, you, te- you texting me again. Um, yeah, but I mean, okay. So, so on the whole, how did you, I mean, aside from the obvious comparisons between that and, uh, the last of us, which I've seen many images online sort of, you know, I mean, you just have to look at the way that they've like, aged up logan Mm. they obviously took a lot of influence from the last of us you know uh i don't know i mean honestly dude (laughs) it it wouldn't surprise me if they did but i don't know i I don't feel like they really did yeah yeah i don't know I, i just just the look like when you see the two guys next to each other you know the styling and stuff like that it's just and the way that he's kind of lumbering and doesn't really have any interest in helping out the little girl but then he kind of feels morally obligated you know and things like that That, that's all i'm saying you know Mm. i Um, mean yeah there there are similarities and like it does parallel itself well parallel each other yeah at some points but i don't know i feel like it's kind of unfair to do that of course and and don't get me wrong i'm not sitting here going oh man it's a ripoff because it's not Mm. it's definitely its own thing um, and, and to be honest, if you were going to draw from any influence, I would say that's a great one to choose. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I just feel like there was in, in some boardroom somewhere, someone was showing pictures of that game, you know, <laughs> just as a point of reference, you know, I guess, but mm. whatever the case may be, man, I, I feel like it was actually a little bit more about us of a story between, um, it was less about Logan and X 23, X 23. Sorry. Yeah. And, yeah. and more about his, his connection to um, uh, Xavier, you know, and, and what's transpired that's created the dynamic that they have currently in the movie. Um, and I, I, this is probably going to get into spoilers territory. So if you haven't seen the movie, maybe give this a pass, but um, until you've seen it. And I mean, what the fuck are you doing anyway? <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> listening to this podcast <clears throat> um, when you could be watching Logan? Um, I, my theory is, cause they were talking about what happened. Uh, there's a point in the movie where Xavier has this bit of a breakdown about remembering, um, events that have transpired that they don't really discuss, um, and how that's weighing heavy on his mind. And I've, I've heard a few theories, but I, I think, and unless I completely missed the point on something here, um, I feel like it's, you know, at some point he's had one of his seizures or whatever, and he's killed a bunch of people. And I'm assuming a, that bunch of people was the the guys from the the rest of the X Men, mm. you know. And so, and it, whether it is or not, um, I feel like the dynamic between, particularly at the start of the movie, uh, between Xavier and Logan, is Logan. I feel like he he doesn't want anything to do with Xavier anymore, but he's morally compelled because there's no one else. You know what I mean? That's that's the vibe I got. Like he's still obviously history there, and 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 also um, loyalty and stuff like that plays a part. But I feel like if he could just forget about the old man and leave him down in Mexico, he'd probably do it. 
you know um he just can't bring himself to that's the sort of tone i got from it um and then over the course of uh, you know the storyline i think that softens out a lot you know um did you get that same impression um i'm trying to think now I'm trying to think what my mind was thinking as i was watching it hmm. but uh, i i don't think so <clears throat> i think yeah, I, I honestly don't know what I think, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't go that deep into it, I suppose. I didn't, I didn't sit there thinking, why is Logan still with Xavier? I was just like, Logan is still with Xavier. Yeah, like, like I mean, you would assume so, that he would be, right? Um, yeah, like he, but, he but has But I feel like this... there, was, there was a deeper thing going on there, you know? Like, I mean, as much as Logan was just having a shit time, uh, <laughs> you know, his healing factor's diminishing, he's fucking driving a goddamn limo to make money to buy pills you yeah know, his existence yeah. is shit um but at the same time you would expect that if there was a, a stronger connection between the two at that point he mm. would go down there joyfully and give him the medication and go how you feeling are you okay you know blah 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 there was none of that it was like you're a shit car well, I, I i always attributed tired that of looking- to the to the fact that he's never he's never accepted his own emotions Mm. you know he's even throughout the movie like with x23 and all that he's never come he's never been an emotional guy he's always pushed stuff down kept it inside and just been that rough exterior Mm. but his motives for doing things are are quote unquote pure like he he has good reasons for doing what he does so i don't think he ever had any resentment for xavier Mm -hmm. he he wanted to look after him. He wanted to make sure he was okay, but he'd never show it. He'd never. Yeah, that's a possibility too. Yeah, like he's not. He's not the guy that would. Yeah, really show off his emotions. And I mean, that's always been evident with his relationship with Jean Grey and um and all well, that sort of stuff. Very rarely. Everybody. Yeah, yeah, everybody. You know, like, but you know, like the the whole like <clears throat> earlier on in the series, it was really down to um, Scott and him. You know, vying for the <laughs> the interests of a woman. You know. Yeah. Um, but he's the kind of guy I feel that would eventually just go, you know what, fuck it, and walk away. You know, because he's he's the kind of guy I feel like doesn't deserve the happy ending. He 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 feels like he doesn't deserve the happy ending. Mm. So when it really came, push comes to shove, he'd look at it and go, well, Scott's a better guy. I'm fucking off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which in its in and of itself shows more character. You know, um, than you know, like Scott would fight for the girl. Mm. <laughs> Logan likes her more. It's like, do you cut the bicycle in half? <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Um, you know, but um, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's that's what I took away. I, I wasn't... Don't get me wrong. I wasn't sitting in the theater thinking about that. But this is upon reflection later on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that's... But I, I love the subtlety of that relationship, regardless of what the, what the, um, the connection was. Mm. Um, I just... I loved the fact that it was a little bit deeper than just, all right, guys, we're going on a mission. You know, <laughs> we got to take this chick, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, I thought, I thought everybody in the movie did a great job. Um, uh, I liked Caliban. He was cool for the time being. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but so out of 10, what are you, what are we talking? Um, nine. Nine out of ten, yeah, yeah. I, I would say the same. It, you know what? This is this is the testament to me. I went in there with nothing but high expectations, and I was trying to mitigate that because I knew what was happening. <coughs> Everyone I spoke to, oh my god, you haven't seen Logan? Yeah, it's the best thing that's fucking ever happened. And I'm like, okay, here's where I start dialing it back in my mind and go in there expecting <laughs> something average, you know, um, so that I can enjoy it like everyone else. Because you know, when you're the last guy to see it, you always run that risk. to be fair when i saw it and i came into work i was like yeah it was good (laughs) yeah but you'll like that right i always expect that from you but then you got other people like i'm gonna name check some people here diesel (laughs) oh yeah and uh who else was banging all all these people say saying they were freaking crying at the end i was like okay all right maybe you're a little more in tune with your emotions than i am but i didn't cry (laughs) for real dude i bawled like a bitch yeah, no, oh. I was, I like, I, I and, and the wrong. worst part was I knew it was coming. Everyone's like, take a box of tissues, lol. And I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go. I'm going to expect it now. And it's going to, you know, ruin the emotional content of the film. 
And I'm sitting there, and then again, heavy spoilers. At the end, when shit like X23 is like <clears> lying <throat> over him, going, Daddy. I'm like, All right, I'm welling up. I'm welling up, but that's to be expected. All right. This is a sad scene. You know, blah, blah, blah. Then it moves on to the next bit where they're fucking burying him and that little fat kid sitting there with a Wolverine doll. And I'm like, and I just, I'm like, I feel the tear just rolling down my cheek and I'm like, Oh, I'm actually fucking crying. What the fuck? You know? Um, but that was, um, the funny thing is like, I, when I, when I watched it, like I didn't, I didn't cry. Like it it was emotional. Don't get me wrong. And it was, I was welling up, but I didn't, no tears came out. Nothing like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, Anytime after the movie, and I've talked about it with people, I've started getting emotional. Getting as emotional, well. yeah, yeah. yeah that, that, that's I, I do that too. Like I was, I was talking to Nat about it in the car on the way home. Like you know, oh, you know, this happened and this happened and blah blah blah. And I'm like, <laughs> every once in a while, <laughs> I'm like, God damn it, Jesus Christ! I think the last movie I cried during, well, the last movie I definitely cried during was this movie called Hit uh, Chico, about this fucking Japanese dog that fucking richard gear abandoned or something I don't know. <laughs> hachi, wasn't it huh hachi yeah. hachi yeah. yeah oh the dog's name was hachiko but the movie's ah. called hachi yeah um and uh and before that i think it was saving private ryan wow <laughs> yeah that movie fucking nailed me man and and let me tell you this it wasn't until the drive <clears throat> home either in the movie i'm like best movie man this is fucking sick and then i'm in the car driving home reflecting on it and i just broke down like hard because mm. it all it all hit me at once because um at, you know i was enjoying a cool action war movie at the cinemas mm. and stuff and then i was talking to Nat about it on the way home started thinking about my old man who was in vietnam and stuff like that and then i just connected the two like yeah. logistically my mind just snapped into place and yeah. i just i had to pull over i was like sobbing like a bitch and then i walk this is the most embarrassing part i walk in and um my dad's sitting there on the couch and and uh, and with mom or whatever and i walk in and they're like oh how was the movie i'm like don't go see that movie dad (laughs) 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 oh my god oh my god but yeah it was um it was that was an emotional trip (laughs) um but you know like i I, you know i watch it again now and it'll be a whole different ball game but yeah. Back there, yeah. I think it was just that one little brain snap where I connected the dots for a second, you know. Um, I think last movie to make me ball like a bitch was Warrior. Warrior. Well, oh, right. Yeah, the MMA one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like that ending just broke me. And I've watched that movie three times and it's done the same to me every time. Oh, for real? Like it. it yeah. It, 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 um, it just breaks me. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen it. I'm going to have to get onto that one. Yeah, I mean, it's like if if you if you've grown up with a brother, mm-hmm. which you have, too. Well, there you go. It it'll fucking it'll hit you really hard. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what that's just yeah. <laughs> that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> yeah, movies, man. <laughs> it's so silly that you're looking at just a bunch of flickering lights on a screen, and they make you mm. feel something so strong. You know. Yeah. It's a, it's it's funny how how we can connect with things like that, you know. And then at the same time, you can watch something go down in real life. You're like, "Fuck, I don't care." Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So, someone else's problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, but that's that's the nature of life, I guess. <laughs> yeah. What you do get mauled by a tiger on the internet, and you're like, "Yeah, what a fucking idiot!" You shouldn't have been there. Yeah, it's fucking you're on the tiger's turf, champ. Like. Yeah. You know, uh, I feel like we don't have a lot of sympathy for people who make mistakes that we wouldn't have made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I think that's the connection there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like... Uh... Speaking of emotions and movies and shit, mm-hmm. I've got a, uh, I've seen probably one of the best child actors I've ever seen. Okay. In And I was talking about this movie yesterday with Ryan, uh, Train to Busan. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just watched that the other day. Yeah. Um... For those that don't know, it's a Korean movie, a uh, zombie flick that takes place mostly on a train, mm-hmm. hence the name Train to Busan. Anyway, the main character has a daughter. She's probably like six, six years old, yeah. maybe. And she could fucking act, dude. Like, she was so spot on and she could just turn the waterworks on like that. 
like near the end there's a there's a part where you know she starts like stuff happens and she starts getting emotional Mm. and it wasn't just sort of like okay i'm crying now it was just such a build-up like you could see it in her face Mm. like the realization of what's happening Mm -hmm. and then her just sort of not wanting to accept it and then her just lashing out and just the way she screamed just hit me right in the gut Mm. i was just like holy fuck how the fuck can a six-year-old do this to me (laughs) (laughs) It was it was just fucking nuts. Like I usually I'm not a big fan of child actors. I I scrutinize them more than I do adult actors. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, because it's like, what the <laughs> fuck did they cast this kid? I want to know. Because any adult actors, yeah. they could have had years of training and you know. Yeah. Kids, you're like, it's a challenge to see if they can pull it off. You know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, this kid just fucking knocked it out of the park. That's mad. Um, yeah. so if like you haven't the... seen Train to Busan go fucking watch it it's, it's <laughs> fucking amazing um, what's that who's that young chick uh, who's not young anymore um, Dakota Dakota Fanning was that her yeah she, she was in uh, War of the Worlds with Tom Cruise and shit yeah yeah she's she's another one who can sort of do that sort of shit like she the, like they, they are able to convey emotions that you would normally a tribute to an adult mm. you wonder how they've got the chops to uh to be able to pull that off yeah when they don't really at that age understand those emotions you know what i mean yeah um which is that's kind of i always find that real interesting you know um kind of funny like she was she was pretty big as a kid and she grew up in nothing yeah, Dakota, well, she probably doesn't need to make movies anymore, man. <laughs> she made an awful lot of cash as a child actor. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, it could be another one of those things too where you got to sort of wait out the awkward periods, you know? Yeah. Like, like she was a cute little kid. She might not have turned into a, a as cute a teenager. You know what I mean? Um, mm. I think uh, Chloe Moretz was pretty lucky with that. She sort of evolved like through her early teens into a young adult that still like looks like you'd cast her in a movie. That's not mm. always guaranteed when you pick a child actor, they can grow yeah. up and look like an, a real average adult. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at you. Um, the other one would be, the other one was fucking, um, well, Emma Watson would be one. Emma Watson. Oh yeah, no, she did it. Yeah. She managed it. Um, the, who's that fucking kid? Um, Haley Joel Osment. He was mm. an adorable child actor and then he turned into a teenager and now he's a chubby adult. Yeah. <laughs> and he can still act. He's still a great actor, but it's like, is he a leading man though? Like, do we do we still cast him as a leading man? He was yeah. in the Entourage movie as a douchebag. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't know. That's that's just, it's just luck of the draw, really, you know? Just think, he did Sixth Sense, grew up and was in Tusk. Yep. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with Tusk, man. <laughs> I'm the, not saying there is one of the one of the great classic horror films of our time. Um, <laughs> yeah, wow, I sounded really snide when I said that. I actually like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, another big thing that's happened in the last fortnight would be uh, just checking my temperature here. Everything looking good. Sorry, I just get paranoid now about it. computer shutdowns. There we go. Um, uh, the Switch, Nintendo Switch, finally got launched. Um, and mm-hmm. our biggest Nintendo launch in Australia's history with, I think, 30, 34,000 units on opening weekend, um, which sounds minuscule compared to America's 600,000, but it was also their largest uh, Nintendo launch to date as well. Um, I think in terms uh, are, of... Are there, are there Japanese numbers? Um, I'm not sure. I'm just going on what I read. I just gleaned I'd an be, article. I'd be very curious about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cause, <clears> I mean, it's Nintendo land over there. You know? Yeah. Um, hmm. um, in terms of the idea of it, I think that's what's selling it. It, it seems to have solved a lot of problems that the Wii U had. Um, not that I think everyone was sitting around when the Wii U was out waiting for something better. I think this, this just has a lot more wider range of appeal. Um, and uh, I, I really, I think they, they sort of got the balance right. You know, like it's it's still, it's it's probably better graphically 
than you would expect from a Nintendo console because that always appears to me to be their their last um the 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 last thing they're interested in when designing a console you know like you can as evidenced by the Wii the Wii U as well like they had an opportunity to to change that a little bit and and put out something that is graphically as competitive or power wise as competitive with um uh you know the the other consoles as as you know you would expect for for a console that came out in that era you know um but the i feel like i was looking at some screens today and i was looking at um some upcoming titles and stuff like that and again these are all shitty sizzle reels so you can't really put much stock into them but it looks like um like zelda looks phenomenal for a portable console and and i I feel like that's taking something away from it as well saying for a portable um because it's a stunning game in its own right you know um you can see like when you again like i was saying earlier when you put it next to something like horizon zero dawn you can see there is a difference there um there's a gap yeah yeah but but the art style and stuff is so amazing and it doesn't feel like they had any restrictions um which i think which is great because they obviously did they obviously would have had tons of restrictions um but being able to make it not feel like there's any concessions there is 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 a win you know Mm. um at least in, in my book, because that's that's part, half the challenge, you know, because you can say, oh, look, you know, we did as best as we could. You can see where we didn't quite live up to the standard, but here it is. Um, and I, I never once playing Zelda have I ever gone, oh, I see. Okay, they've sort of cut back there and, you know, it always looks stunning. Like the other day I was standing on a hillside in the afternoon sun. It was pissing down rain and the ground went from dry to muddy. You know, and mm. I don't mean muddy as in leaving footprints and like actual physical mud, but I mean like when you look at it and you, you move the camera around, the way the light refracts off the wet ground, you know, and, and, and just things like, things kind of trip me up where I'm just, I'll be flying along with my glider and I'll just glance down and over there somewhere on the ground will be my shadow, you know. And, and again, this is nothing new for video games, but to me, that's kind of the first thing you'd lose if you had to sort of strip things back, mm. you know um the shadow maps are always really nice and they always play over the landscape as you're running up a hill and things like that really well and um and and i mean just environmentally just the the scale of the map is remarkable you know like again it feels like they ran out of ideas before they ran out of the ability to express them you know like and the like i mean i just yesterday i thought I've, i've been sort of just slowly following my own trail you know like essentially just following my nose um, but I thought, okay, there's something I want to get. It's way up the top of the map. I haven't explored that area yet. Um, cause you sort of start somewhat in the middle and I've been going South, Southeast, you know, for the most of a little bit to the West for most of my journey. Um, yeah. and so I teleported to a place, the furthest North I could teleport to. And then I just struck out North and the entire world changes and, and don't get me wrong. There's zones. Like there's the, the water zone where it's raining all the time. There's the, there's the, um, most of the landscape is kind of typical night and day cycle with an occasional rainstorm and things like that. Then you've got like the snowy sort of mountain ranges where it gets cold. Um, then you've got areas of the map, which are desert, which become hot, which becomes a challenge as well. Cause you have to maintain um, your inventory to support that. You know what I mean? Like have foods that cool you down or foods that warm you up or clothing that does the same job. Um, but then further North, it becomes like, there's like this, it's almost like you're in a cyclone all the time. You can't use metal weapons up there because you get struck by lightning. So you have to go through your inventory. It tells you because in your inventory, you'll see things like little, a sparking sort of icon next to each item. And if mm. you have that on, it'll attract lightning. So you got to make sure you dumb down the tools you're using um, and take off certain items that aren't going to attract lightning. Otherwise, it's a one-shot kill. If you get zapped, you're gone. You get like a warning where you start to glow and sort of spark. Um, and you have to hit inventory and just strip off anything metal, <laughs> which I think is genius. That, like, it feels like every element of the game is a puzzle. And I fucking love that, you know, um, because it affects how you play because you come across some serious bad guys up in those places. Um, and you, you can't take them on with your normal sort of setup because or like whatever the most powerful weapons and stuff are, because if you do, you're going to die. Yeah. You know, lightning strike. Um, I kind of really love that, you know? Um, But yeah, as far as the Switch goes, I haven't come across anything in the system as far as, you know, like, you know, for example, with the Vita, 
um, I had issues where I could only play it for a certain period of time before my thumb started cramping up because I got reasonably large hands. Not not huge, but probably bigger than your average Asian Japanese dude, right? <laughs> um, and I always felt because my thumbs were so close to the edge doing all of the work, it's sort of, you get sort of cramping through these tendons and stuff like that. Um, and I looked at the design of the switch and I thought, oh, it's the same sort of thing. It's not the case. It's actually way more comfortable to hold. Um, it's got a good size, a good weight to it. Um, but the versatility too, like, you know, you've seen me playing it on my lunch break. I take the joy cons off and just hold one in each hand and just play, sit comfortably. However I'm sitting and still play Zelda, you know? Yeah. Um, and I love that versatility. Um, you know, the, and, and I think that's where they got it right. It's, it's, it's a great console plugged into a TV. It's also a great portable console. That doesn't feel like they made concessions on either front, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, but it's pretty cool. I reckon, I recommend them to anybody who maybe doesn't have enough time to sit there and, you know, play a game, um, in front of the TV all day long. If you want to just fit in some games every once in a while, it's, it's a great option, you know? Um, in fact, I've done, many uh, well over probably i'd say close to 30 30 or more hours in zelda which for me as you know is unheard of yeah you know? yeah like i'm a, i play an hour of each game and then put it away and that's it like that's the last i'll yeah. see of it um which is enough to give me an impression of how it plays and what style of game it is generally but um but this one i've managed to pack in probably more gaming hours than i have in the last 12 months easily mm. actually um so that's always a good sign you know the fact that yeah. i'm still picking it up every day and not getting bored and going oh where am i going to go in zelda today you know that said uh, you know is the gaming content going to keep up with that so i was looking at some stuff that's coming out sort of next year or late this year and stuff and there's a lot more games similar to that in fact they almost look visually similar you know like dragon quest and um and a, and a couple of others that are big exploration games on a large map and stuff so i feel like it's not just a coincidence. I feel like this system's targeted for those style of games. I feel like it's not a coincidence that Skyrim is coming out on it as well. You know, mm. these big open world RPGs. I mean, you know, the Japanese market loves RPGs as well. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's something too. They're probably targeting that audience. Um, so yeah, it's like, it's interesting. Well, I, th I think it's real test is going to come very soon. Very soon. Because it's... Zelda's it's big selling point right now. Like oh, you, you're not you're not going to buy a Switch and just be like, yeah, I'll get one to Switch. Like, yeah. oh yeah. Although I have done that, I've sold that to some people, and I'm going, you're making a mistake. <laughs> yeah. Um. Once once that Zelda hype dies down, there's going to be that little lull period before the next big game comes out. Yep. And that then will really sort of show whether the Switch is worth buying. Yeah. I guess. They really need to get Mario Kart out, and they, which is coming out uh, next month, I think. Mm. They also really need to get um, uh, the new Mario Odyssey game out, um, but that, that's not coming out till Christmas. So, but but I, did I tell you my theory on the Switch? How I think it's it's a Christmas console, and they're just sort of no. It, they test long. Okay, here's my theory, right? Based on what I can see from the operating system, where like as as good as it is, like I was saying, it's it's clean. Mm. It does a lot of stuff. Um, it's not finished, not by a long shot. I can always see like a lot of different things. Like you can, you can make friends and stuff, but you can't do anything with them. You can't interact with them. Um, there's no virtual console yet. Um, there's, uh, so many more social media elements that they could easily tuck away in there pretty easily just with some updates. Um, I, I feel like we're all beta testers right now. I feel like they've gone, okay, we'll launch Christmas, but why don't we release it in March? Um, to get all the kinks out before the, the big Christmas rush. Mm. You know? um, and don't get me wrong, I'm not disappointed in Nintendo for that. I'm happy to have the console now. I'm happy to be playing it. Um, but I feel like it's going to be an entirely different console come Christmas. You're going to have all of the games that are projected for this year out. Um, you're going to have, uh, like, obviously updates and stuff like that. Like, they've already updated a couple of things, you know, like... Um, something, this sounds really simple, but since Zelda came out, everyone's been going, oh man, I don't know how many hours I've done and blah, blah, blah. Which if you had used Nintendo's uh, parental software, it'll tell you. But unless you started that before you started Zelda, you'll, you don't know yeah. how many hours you've done. So people mm. have been speculating. And so now they've just done an update where it pops up on your profile now. It says, it, it does it in five hour increments. So mine would say something like 25 plus hours. 
if mm. I hit 30 hours, it would say 30 plus hours, you know, um, yeah. which is, it sounds stupid, but it's funny how quickly they jumped on that when it seems to be like, I hear a lot of people asking, talking about it, you know, mm. um, and, you know, just little things. And I, I love that they don't tell you a lot of things as well. You know, like you, you watch these 10 things you didn't know about the switch videos and you're like, I think I know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the switch, bro. Um, and then you find three new things you didn't know it could do. Like, I didn't even fucking know that if you press the home button, if you hold it down, it brings up a sub menu where you can adjust screen brightness and things like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, no one told me. It wasn't in any literature that it was there or anything as far as I could tell. Um, I saw it on a YouTube video. And I'm like, fuck, that's cool. Um, things like when you, when you open the console after it's been locked, you have to press a button three times um, to, I guess, sync everything up. Um, and which is not really inconvenient, you just tap to tap and you, you're into the game, you know. Um, but if you if you press A, which is what most people would do, it just goes click, click, click. But if you press any of the other buttons, they all have their own sound effects. I think I was showing you this the other day. You know, yeah. just really kooky sound effects and stuff, which kind of, it's just one of these cute little Easter egg things that you just didn't know was there, but you're kind of happy it is, you know. Um, yeah, just neat things like that. It's very, it's very Nintendo, I suppose. Um, mm. But yeah, like so far, I can't complain about the experience at all. Uh, a lot of people are saying if you get the Pro Controller, um, it's a lot nicer feel, and I can't argue with that. Um, but again, I haven't had any concerns playing Zelda at all with the regular controllers or the mm. whichever setup you know you deem fit. Um, yeah, but that's that's my take on it anyway. I, I feel like it it was trade-ins well spent. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but uh look it, it's all going to come down to the games mm-hmm. that's all it is um, oh, 100 100%, 100%. if they, they just they can't fall into what they did with the wii u yeah they need they need support by yeah. developers you know and yeah. um yeah I, I don't know that's that's a but, I, like and and you know i said this before the wii u came out like because i think adrian was like you know oh yeah they got third party support blah 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 and i was like yeah you know they said that about the Wii U as well. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, there are a lot of games projected for it. I saw some games that are like for Nintendo Switch and PC. I'm like, that's interesting. Right. <laughs> um, you know, but fair enough. it is what it is. <laughs> um, okay. What I might do now is uh, a new segment that we've got mm. on the podcast. Uh, hang on. Let me, I got to, this is new. I got to press the thing. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, that's not working. <laughs> All right, let's go. I'll press it here. We go. Comic of the week. Comic of the week. There we go. And I'm back. Uh, click that again. There we go. Um, comic of the week is a new segment. Um, it's no different to what we do every other week. We're just calling it a segment. Um, this is brought to you by Real Issues. Michael's one of Michael's other podcasts where uh, him himself and Carl talk about uh, comic books. So check that out. You can just search real issues, right? Uh, I assume so. Yep. Yeah. All right. Good. <laughs> All right. So what you got for us, man? Give us a little bit of insight into what goes on over there. Look, look, I just turn up to these podcasts. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm here to look good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're the pretty, I'm the sketchy. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, what happens on real issues? I don't know. You no, no. Like, up. as in, what have you got? Have you got any? Well, yeah. Give us a rundown first of all, because most people don't know what that is. It's a brand no. new podcast. Yeah, relatively. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't know. Me and Kyle just talk about the uh, comics from the last couple of weeks. We do it every two weeks, mm-hmm. just to, just so we have enough content to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much what what stood out for us in the last two weeks. What we sometimes give out stories that are good for people that want to pick shit up or just stuff that not your average person would really look at okay like we've talked about uh, like i'm i've been leaning to a lot of image comics lately Mm -hmm. um and not a lot of people would know who image comics are yeah (laughs) like uh, and i'm talking about like mainstream people like yeah yeah someone that's just gone and watched dr strange and was like yeah i want to read comics now yeah they won't know who image or dark horse is you know Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, was, I've known about Image for since the beginning because of Spawn. But uh, other than that, I couldn't even tell you what else is on there, to be honest. So it's probably a good idea. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 
the whole thing came about because Kyle moved to Melbourne and we didn't really get to talk about comics all that much because, you know, we didn't see each other that often. Mm-hmm. So we decided to just do this every two weeks and we can just sort of talk about what we've been reading, what we liked and gush about stories that we love and that we've read before mm-hmm. um, and try <laughs> we try to sell each other comic books now because <laughs> you know, back back when he was here in Sydney, it'd be like, I just give him something and he'd read it. Yeah. Now it's sort of like, dude, you got to go buy this. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> like make it's, it's me more, buy it. It's more of a, uh, a, sell, a tough sell. Yeah. 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 Um, which is fun. I, I like, uh, everybody loves gushing about stuff that they love. Oh yeah, for sure. So it, it's, I don't know. It's just fun. It's cathartic. Yeah. <laughs> you find it, like, it's not just me. Other people like it too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much what Real Issues is. It's fun. Um, I love the we, title, by the way. It's amazing. Thank you. I'm, I can. I'm, I'm so amazed that it's like it hasn't been taken. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. It's one yeah. of those ones you look up as like a Hail Mary. You're like, there's no way. Oh, wait. No one's doing it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I remember Carl was like, oh, we need a title for the podcast. I was like, how about, you know, Real Issues? And he's like, oh, you know, it's pretty good, blah, blah, blah. A couple of days later, he's like, I don't know if we can use it. I'm like, why? He's like, it might already be taken. And I was like, damn mm-hmm. it, you know. It was like bullshit and nah, we're all good. We're fine. So, yeah. <laughs> totally, totally surprised me because when he said it might be taken, I was like, oh, of course, you know. <laughs> How is it not taken? Uh, but, it's, it, should yeah. be, it should be more taken than Liam Neeson, you know, but it's not. So, yeah. go with it. <laughs> yeah. But um, comic of the week. Jesus Christ. Yeah. This is more pressure than real issues because well, we do a real issues... Oh, no, well, we do a pretty sketchy every two weeks, too. Yeah, don't yeah, we? yeah, yeah. Well, I should have right. said comic of the fortnight. It just doesn't roll <laughs> off the tongue, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, more, more than anything, it's more just about, like, something you want to recommend. It doesn't have to be this week. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, something yeah. that you, the, the kids should read if, they, if they're getting into comics, you know? You, you already told me the criteria. Yeah. So, um, God, if they're getting into comics. Well, not even. Just something niche that you like, you know, or something... Or it doesn't even have to be niche. What's a classic, you know, that, that, that everyone should read? I've got like three rolling around in my head. Mm-hmm. You know what? On, on real issues, we've been gushing about Superman a lot, so I'm going to keep that going. Yep. All-Star Superman. All-Star Superman. Is it current or what? what's the deal? No, no, that's that's a fair age now. Um, written by Grant Morrison. Okay, yep. Uh, who, for those that don't know Grant Morrison, he's basically... His comics are what acid trips look like. Okay. <laughs> essentially. Like, his, his stories start off fairly normal, and you're like, okay, yeah, whatever, I'm into this. By the end of it, you, it's just like this mind fuck of just weird shit that somehow makes sense. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like, that seems like a, a weird thing to trans, transpose over Superman. Well, All-Star Superman isn't quite like that that's probably the exception to his rule um it does it does get a bit um i don't know how to explain it it does get a bit weird like there's there's a part near the end where i believe superman is talking to Park kent who's dead by Mm -hmm. the way in in this one yeah um while they're driving like a car on krypton oh wow okay it's like he's either talking to Park kent or no he's talking to jor-el sorry he's talking to his dad yeah yeah. um his biological father makes more sense on krypton (laughs) And like he's just like hallucinating the whole thing, but um a lot of um <clears throat> a lot of the dialogue from Man of Steel actually came from All Star Superman, like the how much of Man of Steel do you remember? Not not a whole lot. Uh, I remember there was a part where he was up on the mountaintop with uh, with with Pa Kent. <laughs> that was um Batman vs Superman. Oh okay right yeah. Okay. <laughs> there's a piece of dialogue in um man of steel mm-hmm. where clark's in the in the ship the kryptonian ship on earth and he talks to his dad and blah 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 it's when he first puts the suit on and learns how to fly oh right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and and jor-el says like just dialogue over the thing it's um they will race behind you they will stumble they will fall yep but in time they will join you in the sun they will help you accomplish wonders. Yeah. That's that's ripped directly from All Star Superman, and that's like one of the coolest bits of dialogue I've ever fucking heard. 
yeah, in a Superman story. Poetry, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, like... It sounds all, like all a Winston Churchill speech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the premise of All-Star Superman, though, is, if I remember correctly, he's... It's sort of like a... a a part of his life and it's it's like he's been superman for years mm-hmm. and he's very superman very powerful yep. whatnot and he finds out that he's he's dying uh, uh do you know why i can't remember okay. uh something to do with no i can't remember i just remember him when he actually does spoiler alert he does die okay sort of uh, you see, like, cracks in his skin, and there's, like, light coming out from it and shit, and blah, blah, blah. Oh, wow. Anyway. Um, yeah, and basically, it's a series of events. They're not really... I don't know how to describe it. They're not really linked. It's just a bunch of stuff that happens up until his death. Um, there's a fair bit of Lex Luthor involved and whatnot, and blah, blah, blah. There always is. There's actually a really brilliant moment with Lex Luthor, because Superman creates a, a serum that gives uh, a human his powers for 24 hours. And he gives it to Lois for her birthday. Oh, wow. And Yeah, she's like a superhero for a day sort of thing. Anyway, Lex gets a hold of it as well, and he injects himself with it. Mm-hmm. And he's just sort of, you know, this is blah, 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 this is awesome, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. And he, Superman's like, you know, I need to stop him because he's going to destroy fucking Metropolis sort of thing. And it comes to a point where Superman is sort of, He's about to sort of take him down, but he, he just stops because Lex stops as well. Mm. And everyone's there, like there's cops and stuff, you know. It's like, oh, we've got to take him down. And Superman's like, no, wait. And they're like, why? And he's like, he's, he's beginning to realize. And you see Lex almost just sort of, he has an epiphany, an absolute mm. just like epiphany slash mental breakdown. And he says that. He says, like, you know, this is how he sees things. Like, he mm. sees things through Superman's eyes, and he sort of just breaks down in amazement at the world. And he's like, this is why he does what he does. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, that, to me, was fucking brilliant. Like, it's one of the greatest moments yeah, I've ever it, read. Yeah, look, look at it through the enemy's eyes. Yeah, and, it, like, he breaks down, and he, he essentially cries. <laughs> That's fucked up. I like like it. someone that's been so opposed to Superman for so long, all you had to do was give him Superman's perspective. Yeah, and it just breaked him, broke him, broke break him. him. Yeah. <laughs> it broke him down. <laughs> um, that's that's uh, just fucking great writing, man. Like seriously, yeah. that's like really it's, good. It's Grant fucking Morrison. How do, how do you how do you take something like Superman that's been written about every fucking week, several times a week? In a, mm. in a bunch of different story arcs for the, since the fifties, and come up with something so new and unique. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the sign of somebody who's just a creative genius. You know, like yeah. that's it's. I mean, it's one thing to come up with a new idea yourself, like you go, oh yeah, I got this character. He does this thing. It's kind of new. It'll probably step on the toes of some other characters. You know, because mm. you know we, we all are products of influence. You know, um, yeah. but at the same time, taking something as and and well known like everybody superman is the ultimate household name you can't go anywhere and say to somebody superman though like, who the fuck superman yeah you know um but being able to take a, an idea like that and put it out there because like and it's not even like you know superman and lex is okay so every once in a while lex luthor is the enemy lex luthor is superman's enemy yeah you know he's he's the he's the foil you know like um it's like to, to be able to just renew that dynamic in such an in, incredibly creative way is is just my hat's off, you know. Mm. It really is. Like, how do you do it? God, I'm, I'm kind of tempted to give it to you to read now. <laughs> yeah, just wait, man. I, you know, <laughs> yeah, I've given you too much shit. God damn, I've got I, I've uh, I got to read uh, what is it, Monstrous, and then the other what was the other ones? I can't remember the title. The Wicked and the Divine. Wicked and the Divine. That looks amazing, and I just, I, you know, which I'll have to give you. Look, to be uh, perfectly honest, I'm not gonna, lie, I'm not gonna stand here and lie and say it's because I haven't had time. I've had time for Zelda, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, but to be fair, like that's kind of benign watching television time, you know. So <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to be reading that and doing something else at the same time, you know. Yeah. Running across a mountain range is easy to do while Home and Away is on, but. Yeah. <laughs> 
you know, trying to focus and do that at the same time is two different things. Um, yeah. I'll have to give you volume four as well, just so you have all of them yeah. sitting there. But yeah. Yeah, All Star Superman. You know what? I'm, I'm going to fucking read it again. Do I've, it. I've, I've pumped myself up. I'm just like, I want to read it now. <laughs> do it. Because, um, yeah, it's, it's been a while since I've read it. So <laughs> a lot of stuff's very hazy to me. I remember Parasite's in there as well. There's a lot of, like, Superman villains that make appearances. It's it's very much like a Superman's greatest hits. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, speaking of comics, uh, I guess one thing I was going to mention uh, this week, we got I think we got five minutes, um, is uh, I was talking ages ago uh, on the podcast, many, many, many issues ago, um, about this uh the power of the dark crystal which is uh, from what i understand a direct sequel to the film um rather than making the movie again which i guess would be problematic in this day and age you know because it's so stylistic um you know and everybody would be like well why isn't it cg and then there'd be a bunch of people going well why isn't it puppets <laughs> you yeah. know um yeah. why is it a mixture of both you know you can't win so th- i guess the next available thing is to take the script for it and make it into a comic book <sighs> Um, the cover. Why is, is it a comic? Why didn't they just make a movie? Why didn't they just make a movie with CGI and puppets? Um, it's I, I haven't actually made it through the whole issue yet because Zelda, right? But I had I had a quick look through the first sort of ten pages. Um, it's um, well, first of all, the cover's beautiful. It's Jim Lee. Um, Fuck yeah! Um, oh, sorry, my my bad, my bad. I always mix up my Lees. It's Jay Lee. Um, Even then, fuck J- yeah, yeah, Jay Lee. Well, and and June Chung, I should say. It's it's. I guess both. Um, but it's, that's what drew my attention when I first picked it up. Cause like the reason I, when I first started collecting comics a couple of years ago, um, I picked up uh, Batman Superman because Jay Lee was the artist. I picked it up and went, Jesus, this guy gets it. He, he's got a style that's breathtaking and new and interesting and stuff. And it's polarizing. Some people don't like it personally. It just, it rings bells in my brain, you know? Um, and so as soon as I saw this, when I was Googling, stuff i saw this cover i'm like that's jay lee um and uh unfortunately he doesn't do the whole book um but the artwork is 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 fine it's 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 as good as most other comics um but it really is like reading the even just the dialogue the way that they have like this little prologue bit at the start is very dark crystal and then bam there's the logo the power of the dark crystal you know you get your little um if 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 you can almost hear the music as they just swell as they show the logo you know um and the artwork is it's very cartoony but it's it, it's true to the style of the um the actual original movie um and the plot line is kind of dark as well like it's been 100 years since the crystal got i think it was 100 years um since the crystal got renewed um and everything's really good um you know the land's prosperous and all that sort of stuff but <clears throat> they've started making offerings and stuff to the crystal uh and it's becoming a little bit more like commerce i feel like you know the, these enlightened beings are starting to move more towards down the path of where the skexies were you know um and so i'd imagine you know things come to a head where somebody decides they're going to maybe take a piece of the crystal and fuck off with it <laughs> um, you know just to, just to, to re it feels like there's there's this ebb and flow in this universe where the crystal for thousands of years was broken um mm. and there was a time of darkness and then now they're in a time of enlightenment, but I guess that can only last so long, you know, um, yeah. before well, it becomes corrupted, I suppose is the best way to describe it. But, um, yeah, it feels like it's a balance sort of thing, is, like a yeah. yin yang yeah, exactly. situation. Exactly. And, and, uh, it's got a hippie sort of element to it, <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, um, it seems interesting. I'll probably pick up the second one just to see where it goes. Um, the, it's a 12 issue run. Um, which I'm willing to commit to, I suppose, depending on the, how the first few issues go. Um, but I, more so than anything, I just bought it for that cover because I like I like Jay Lee. Um, the other thing, I think I mentioned this to you. I picked this up because I saw it uh, a couple of weeks ago. So I keep banging the mic. Um, <laughs> Red Sonia. They're doing this new run of Red Sonia. This is the first issue. Oh, the modern day. Yeah, it's like she's in Manhattan. <laughs> you know what I mean? But she's still like running around with like the loincloth kind of thing. You know, she's butt naked running down the street in the snow with swords, you know. What um, issue number is that? Issue one. Like, it's starting from scratch. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And fucking, I, I guess she just warps in one day. I, I, again, I haven't read this, but 
um, you know, the, the New York Police Department are all got guns drawn on this barbarian chick, and she's like, "Stay back, sorcerers!" And, she, and I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" And then some. I guess somebody like, I was flipping through it. Yeah, here they, she, they've got her like hog tied on the ground. <laughs> it was like three cops on top of her, going like, had to tackle her to the ground. Um, but I guess where is it? Oh, maybe it's another issue. I don't know. She goes back to this dude's apartment. Um, I guess he's going to look after her or whatever. And she's just sitting there on like the couch, like butt naked. And the dude's like, whoa, you can't do that, man. Put some shit on. You know? <laughs> like, what the fuck? And she's like, what? You know, I, I love it. It's like, it's, it's like a fish out of water story, you know, barbarian in Manhattan. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of dig that. So I was going to see how that goes. Um, yeah. But, the, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm not holding out much hope. It's kind of like when I picked up um, Big Trouble in Little China, and all that it was great for an issue or two but it's like the joke got old really really quickly so i stopped collecting them yeah um yeah but um anyway that that just about brings us to time man so uh i finished uh at least the top two panels of this page it's looking pretty cool um all right well, the big the big challenge for you is going to be the bottom of that page yeah that's right yeah lots of uh mutants battling so um we'll probably get on that next next uh next uh podcast um Okay, so first of all, thanks for watching. Uh, this podcast was brought to you by Corey Wire Art and Real Issues. Um, if you're watching the stream, <laughs> don't laugh. This is legitimate. <laughs> hey, I am paying you for this shit. <laughs> yeah, you're paying me in love, man. All right, so uh, if you're watching this stream but you want to listen to us on your commute, search iTunes for Pretty Sketchy uh, or Pretty Sketchy Podcast. If you're uh, an audio listener and want to see what I'm actually doing, check us out on YouTube. Again, search Pretty Sketchy Podcast. If you subscribe and you get all your friends to subscribe, we well, may be able to say YouTube slash Pretty Sketchy Podcast, but don't go there now because it'll be a waste of your time. Right. Thanks again, Michael, for joining us uh, and uh, we'll see you guys on the next one. Hey.